back. Part two. This is the Eastern Conference breakdown. Okay. This one's probably going to be a little shorter because a lot of these series don't really deserve too much of a breakdown. Not as much as the Western Conference, in my opinion. I think uh, I think we can safely say that. So I'm going to start with the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously number one seed. The Heat get in after a very exciting play-in game last night. Uh, Max Struess just completely popped off. And it, it was crazy. You know, it, it, just a quick little rant about the Miami Heat. This is a team that doesn't need much to stay competitive in a game, which is why you always want to believe in them. You know, I mean, Tyler Hero was awful. Bam Adebayo was almost a no-show besides the rebounding. Uh, Jimmy Butler did his thing, okay? He was good throughout, um, you know? But then it's like everyone else, you know, Kyle Lowry, meh, you know? Kevin Love gets more minutes, and surprise, surprise, the game looks a lot better throughout. Um, But, you know, you get a pop-off game from Max Struess, and that's all they needed. They ended up winning this game against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, but here they are against the Bucks. Now, nobody expects the Bucks to lose, okay, until the conference finals. We're going to keep it 100 on that. Uh, I'm not going to waste any precious time breaking down what's not going to happen in any universe, okay? I'm going to give the Heat... I'm going to give the Heat two games in this series. I feel like I constantly give teams two games. And it's because I always calculate, you know, a poor shooting night right? That, that can cost you a game and then a hot night from the other team, right? And, and that will cost you a game. And, and that's very realistic for the Milwaukee Bucks, who I've broken down plenty of games throughout the season on this pod. You know, what's the Bucks' weakness? The only weakness the Bucks have is the streaky three-point shooting from the role guys, you know, because Giannis is going to be Giannis. Brooke Lopez, even if he's not shooting well, He's going to be great on defense. If Drew Holiday's not shooting well, he's going to hold his own defensively. So that's why their record is so great, because obviously you have an everyday beast in Giannis, and then you have great defenders around him, right? You have Brook Lopez, drop coverage center, gets a lot of blocks. He's one of the three finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. You have Drew Holiday, who's arguably, you know, in that group of Defensive Players of the Year in that group of all NBA defense, right? First team, second team, wherever you want to put them. So they have the weapons, they have the tools, they have the experience, they have everything you need to win the title, which is why they are the favorite in the Eastern Conference if you're not talking about the Celtics, right? It's it's always the talk between those two. Um, nobody really, you know, some people give the Sixers a chance. I don't really see it. You know, they disappoint every year, so I'm going to stick to that narrative but, you know, Bucks versus Heat, listen, the, the Heat, they defend pretty damn well. Um, I think that the Heat, if they hone in on the perimeter shooting, which they totally can, I think that they're going to catch the Bucks on an off night, okay? And that's going to cost the Bucks a game. The Heat will get hot at home, maybe one game, right? You get a Max Struess pop-off game or, or a Tyler Hero pop-off game, something... Someone's going to pop off in this series from Miami, from the Miami Heat. It's just, it's pretty predictable the way that the Heat games play out, right? Uh, someone is just going to show up, and from the Bucks' history, they are going to get cold at least one or two of these games in the series. So, Bucks and six, nothing else to see here. I think I can move on to game number two, or the breakdown number two. We got Celtics-Hawks. Okay, people write this series off as a joke and a sweep, right? Or, or they'll say Celtics in five. 
But I see this a little differently, okay? I'm looking at a size advantage for the Hawks, which it could prove to be trouble for the Celtics, okay? If the Hawks can do what they're supposed to do in the rebounding department, then, you know, they can take some games. The problem is the Hawks don't defend, okay? So that's going to be the reason that the Celtics come out of this series winners as winners, you know? The Celtics shoot an elite 46% from three against the Hawks this season, right? No surprise. And the funny part about the Hawks having the height advantage is you could argue, hey, man, you know, Capella and Collins, well, they're going to be tested on the perimeter, you know, because Boston loves playing five-man out, you know? So I understand why people say this is going to be over in four or five, you know, but people can't forget this, okay? The Celtics have a love affair with shooting threes, okay? To their own detriment, at times, they can fall in love with threes on a cold night where they're not falling and they will continue to shoot them, you know? So if the Hawks are winning the rebound battle on that specific night with second chance points and the Celtics continue to go cold, the Hawks are going to win that game, okay? Now, maybe another game, the Hawks are actually shooting well, right? Remember, the Hawks, not a great three-point shooting team, but you can't deny that you could get a hot night from Bogdanovich. You can get a hot night from DeAndre Hunter. You can get, you can definitely get a hot night from Trey Young. So, you know, that's also a possibility for this team to steal a game, right? You catch them on a hot night where they're also out-rebounding you, they can win a game like that, you know? So, so I say Celtics in six, and I feel like... Uh, I feel like almost every series, except maybe the Nuggets, uh, Timberwolves one, uh, is looking like it's in six. But that's just me giving credit to a team's ability to win a game, right? Steal a game or two. You know, I just think teams are 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 too streaky these days, and and just better than ever before. Um, you know, relative to the past, to where I just give them more credit to win a game or two. You know, so but I say Celtics in six. I would be super surprised. If, if they win this in a sweep, right? Um, you know, I just don't... It's, it's hard for me to say they would sweep them because of how cold they can get uh, on those nights where they just continue to shoot threes and nothing falls, you know? They have some breakdowns, the game is close, and they kind of choke through it. Um, you know, the Celtics have a lot of reasons for you to be worried, um, you know, for a couple of games. I'm not talking about this series, but there's a couple of reasons why some people have kind of... Uh, fallen a little back on picking the Celtics to win it all. So I'm going to move on to the next series, uh, Sixers-Nets, okay? Very interested in this matchup, to be honest with you. Uh, maybe I'm in the minority, but it's it's for one reason alone, okay? And more like for one question alone, you know? Will energy and pace upset the Sixers, okay, in the first round? The only advantage that the Nets have in this series is effort. It's that simple, it's effort. The Sixers are one of the worst transition defense teams in the league, okay? And that's for two reasons that I've given plenty of times on this pod. James Harden and Joel Embiid. These two never get back on defense, whether it's a missed ref call, right? They're complaining because they're not getting a call. They miss a shot. They turn the ball over. It doesn't matter, okay? They never get back on defense, and it costs the Sixers so many games, so many points, just because of that simple effort of not getting back on defense. If the Nets can force as many turnovers as possible, as many defensive stops as possible, and turn it all into offense, it could work enough 
to upset the Sixers. That's my opinion. I think I think energy and defense is the Sixers' worst enemy. Um, you know, but the problem is, of course, the Sixers can score at will. You know, so worst case scenario, if guys aren't knocking down shots, you just give it to Embiid and let him go to work. <laughs> okay? And he's going to get the job done more often than not. More often than not, especially against a team that isn't great offensively. You know, I give the Nets... Man, you know, I'm, I'm falling in my own trap again. I give the Nets two games in this series because I love Spencer Dinwiddie's ability to kind of take over a game, right? Like, he can really pop off randomly and win you a game. I love Mikhail Bridges. He's had a breakout year. I talked about how he should be a guy that the Nets should build around, and I'm happy to see that I've been right so far about that. He is a two-way star this year so far for the Nets. I love the energy this team plays with. I think it's worth one or two games, but ultimately they won't upset the Sixers. You know, at the end of the day, the Sixers have the best player in the series. They have the better offense. They have enough defense, right, to protect the paint. Obviously, you have Joel Embiid. You have a P.J. Tucker. Um, you know, you you have guys. You know, you have guys to score, and you have guys to defend. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be very hard to see the Brooklyn Nets upset the Sixers. I think it's close to impossible. And like I said, it's it's only going to be possible if you catch the Sixers on a cold night, you're out efforting them, which is totally possible, and you're getting their turnovers and turning them into buckets over and over again, right? You're going at James Harden. You're making him defend you. You're also, uh, you know, basically just getting in his space, right, when you're defending him, you know, making it really hard for him. Um, you know, you can collapse on Embiid and force others to, to beat you. That's been a strategy that's that's really been successful against the Sixers. But, you know, I got the Sixers moving on. They'll most likely just be facing the Celtics in a second round series that I can't wait to see. Um, but yeah, I'm going to move on to the last series of the Eastern Conference here. Um, it's going to be, in my opinion, I think this will probably be uh, the best series to watch for the Eastern Conference. Um, obviously, it's a 4-5 matchup, so those typically tend to be pretty damn good compared to every other matchup. Um, in this case, for the Western Conference, I would say it's a tie between Grizzlies, Lakers, Kings, Warriors, but obviously back to the Eastern Conference matchup. So Cavs-Knicks, easily the best series in the Eastern Conference in the first round. Okay, We know that Julius Randle is questionable, right? He's listed as questionable due to that ankle injury. And he's going to be a game-time decision for game one. My guess is, I don't, maybe he doesn't play game one, okay? I think, you know, game one, it's at Cleveland. You know, you kind of you kind of throw that in the, in the dirt, right? You kind of just toss that one away, in my opinion. I know it's a playoff game. I know it matters. But you want your, your best or second best player to be as, as healthy as possible going into a tough series that this is going to be, okay? Uh, first two games, obviously, at Cleveland, so... You know, will Cleveland give up a game? I think it's possible. So I think that uh, we probably won't see Julius Randle. But both teams, they're about the same percentage-wise from three. Okay, which I think is actually favorable for the Cavs. Okay, if both teams aren't shooting well from three, that just means it's going to come down to defense. The Cavs are number one in defensive rating. Okay, and in tight games where you need a go-to bucket getter, there's no one better in this series than Donovan Mitchell. Okay, he's the best at finding buckets in any situation in this series right here. 
The Knicks are fourth in offensive rating, okay, while the Cavs are eighth in offensive rating. So neither team really dominates the other in that sense, okay? This decision of mine to pick a team comes down to this, okay? Just give me the team that doesn't have Julius Randle as the best or second best player, <laughs> and I think I'm good. Um, I trust Jalen Brunson. I trust Emmanuel Quickly. I trust Grimes. I, You know, I trust a lot of other guys on this team. I don't trust Julius Randle. I don't trust R.J. Barrett. You know, it's just, you know, for a team like the Knicks that's subpar on their own home floor and the Cavs being dominant at home, having home court advantage, it seems like an easy pick to me. You know, Cavs are also 7-0 and in overtime, okay, which is the best record in the league. So that tells me this team's played plenty of pressure minutes in the regular season coming out of slugfest after slugfest. So these guys are battle-tested in extended games. You know, they win them all, essentially, this season. So, you know, Donovan Mitchell, best player in the series. And I just think the Cavs are the better team overall. You know, they're just, they're just way more, they have more versatility than the New York Knicks. You know, the Knicks have too many question marks and guys that I don't trust. You know, you got guys like Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. You know, R.J. Barrett, super inconsistent. One game he pops off, the next he, he he's a no-show. Uh, he, he can't really shoot well. Um, they're just not as versatile, right? Not as spacey as the Cavs can be. You know, you, you catch, you catch Darius. What are they going to do about Darius Garland? You know, great playmaker. He can get to the cup. He can shoot. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, same, same, same exact thing, right? You have Evan Mobley, right? Defensive, just he's a top three finalist for defensive player of the year. Um, he's going to rebound for you. He's not going to spread the floor too well, but he has that versatility for them to defend, right? Multiple positions, quick footed. You know, you have Jared Allen who who's going to go, you know, toe to toe with Mitchell Robinson. I like Jared Allen more than Mitchell Robinson. Um, you know, everyone's calling this to go seven games. I'm going to go on my own and say Cavs in six. You know, I just don't trust the Knicks. You know, I, I don't trust them. And sorry to the Knicks fans that listen to this pod. I know I have a couple of listeners that are in New York based on the analytics. Um, you know, I but again, it's like the, the Cavs have the best player in the series in Donovan Mitchell. They have the better overall talent, in my opinion, uh, on, spread out through this lineup. And, you know, they're, they're just more proven to me in the regular season, right? Like, there's just a lot of question marks with the New York Knicks. So, um, you know, now, I like I said, Cavs in six for this one. Uh, that's the last breakdown for the Eastern Conference. Uh, who do I pick to get out of the Eastern Conference uh, as of today? Okay, now, um, I will pick a, a winner of the finals when we get that matchup. You know, it'll be probably more fun to do it that way. Um, but out of the East, I'm going to say the Bucks are going to get out of the Eastern Conference. I think it's going to be Bucks celtics right? I think it's going to be what everyone thinks it's going to be. Um, and let me tell you, I trust the Celtics more than I trust the Bucks. but I'm picking the Bucks to get out of the Eastern Conference. And I just think, you know, Giannis is the biggest constant of all constants, right? He is the most consistent player in a series versus the Celtics, right? Jason Tatum bonehead plays sometimes, you know, very streaky shooting nights. Uh, Jalen Brown, he is, he's pretty, he's as consistent as it gets. Um, so you could go that way too. Um, you know, you could also argue, you know, the like I said, it's, it's a toss up 
between those two. Uh, if you say Celtics at their best, Milwaukee at their best, I like the Bucks at their best, you know, because Giannis is a problem as it is. He's the biggest problem in the Eastern Conference as an individual player, unless you want to argue Joel Embiid. But, um, you know, in a battle between the Celtics and the Bucks, I just, you know, if, if the shooters are, are, are just knocking down shots for the Bucks, I don't care how good the Celtics are playing. They're going to have to collapse on Giannis or he's just going to score for free. And if the shooters are shooting well, what are the Celtics going to do about that? You know, Brooke Lopez is going to get his own. He's going to defend very well. It's going to come down to will Chris Middleton be Chris Middleton? You know, will Drew Holiday show up offensively, not just defensively? We know he's going to show up on defense, but will he show up in the shot making department? You know, Grayson Allen, is he going to be an innocent bystander? Is he going to be aggressive? Is he going to be knocking down shots? Right? That's going to matter. Bobby Portis. Uh, he's been old reliable for the Milwaukee Bucks, right? So, you know, coming off the bench, they're going to need everything. These two teams, if they see each other in the Eastern Conference Finals, they are going to need everything to beat each other, you know? Um, this is not going to be a series where where we see a, a domination from one over the other, right? This is going to be tit for tat. It's going to be just, you know, I, I would say it goes seven, Okay, um, but yeah, I got the Bucks winning the Eastern Conference. I don't know if I actually made a pick on the Western Conference episode, so I'm actually going to give that now. So Western Conference, who do I think is going to get out of the West? Gun to my head, I'm going to say the Suns, okay? And that's gun to my head, picking it today. I think the Suns get out of the Western Conference, and I'm going to say that for this reason, okay? They technically, I don't know if you could say they have an easier road, um, but it's because of that matchup. Like, if the Suns beat the Clippers, which we all expect them to, and the Suns face the Nuggets, which we also expect that to happen, you know, the Nuggets are, are they're just, a, they're a good overall team, but they can't defend drop coverage. And the Suns have three guys that murder drop coverage. They have the best shot creation in the entire Western Conference. They have KD. They have Devin Booker, as we all know, and CP. Those three guys can get you a bucket in any scenario, okay? Now, you want to tell me they could go cold, whatever. That's a whole other conversation. But we're talking basic for basic, right? What we're going to see, you know, Jokic is going to drop, right, on on pick and roll actions. He's going to back up because he's a drop coverage center. You're going to give KD an infinite number of mid-range jumpers. You're going to give Devin Booker a lot of mid-range attempts. You're going to give CP mid-range attempts and potentially open threes. Um, I just don't see how how anyone beats the Suns in the the Western Conference. The only team that I give a chance to beat the Suns, and it's funny because maybe people agree because they like the Warriors. I think the Warriors, you know, you, you have the offensive firepower to combat them, right? Like, just offensively. You know, the, the, the Warriors just, you know, they can definitely, on, on a hot night, they can beat anybody, okay? And they're, they're a tight-knit group. They have a lot of chemistry. You know, they're the defending champions at the end of the day. You know, that matters. And so, to me, the biggest threat to the Suns, uh, it's not the Lakers. You know, it's not the Lakers because offense for offense, the Lakers can't. They can't compete. They can't compete with those Suns. Um, you know, the Kings, they don't defend. So, you know, and the Suns defend pretty well. 
So you're going to go offense for offense against the Suns, and you're also not going to defend. They won't win that series. Um, you know, the Nuggets, like I already explained, I just don't see how how they how they score enough against the Suns and how they even stop the mid-range shot creation, right, and the three-point shooting. So, you know, I kind of went on a tangent for the Western Conference because I didn't actually pick a Western Conference uh, winner, right, uh, on the last episode. But, yeah, that's going to do it for this one. The games start at 1 p.m., like I said earlier. Uh, I'm going to do some pods more frequently than during the regular season because of the playoff series, obviously. Um, So it's going to be a little difficult for me to put out videos on YouTube, but I'm going to try my best to do that as well. Uh, There's going to be a lot of remodeling going on at my place, so I'm going to be moving around a lot. So that's going to be a pretty difficult time, but I'm going to put out as much content as possible. I'm going to keep on with these shows for the pod. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.